Hey, hey, welcome to Bonus Barrel. Is Sean and Seiji, my favorite S's, bunch of scoop S holes here. Oh boy, Rob, Rob and the S holes. That's what uh, that's what everybody's calling it. It's the RSS feed. Rob, oh, oh, <laughs> it's sad that I like that more than I probably should have. That was funny. Um, yeah, so we're back. Uh, still playing Fire Emblem, Sean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people loved our Fire Emblem talk last time. So it was a big uh, hit. Uh, I've I've got to the uh, beep, time skip, which is not really spoilers. Oh yes, yes. I am cool. a few months past that. Yeah, you know, I, I got I managed to recruit every single character that I could possibly get before that before that happened. Oh wow, so pretty cool. Yeah, I'm pretty efficient at playing these games. I guess I'm kind of great at it. You know, you focus on on getting everybody. That was my one goal. Nailed it. Yeah. I'm the best. Kind of. I don't want to brag or anything, but I'm pretty great. Pretty great at. Uh, yeah, you, I mean, you are definitely a gamer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't want that. To I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. So, what's new? What's new with you guys? New with games? Are you guys playing anything? You guys, any news that you're interested in? What's going on? Uh, I've been playing the uh, Chrono Trigger uh, version on the DS for the oh. Cartridge Club Game of the Month. Nice. And I've been having a good time with it, enjoying it. It's a great game. Uh, you get a lot of parallels between that and Octopath Traveler in that they both have beautiful graphics, amazing soundtracks, mm -hmm. uh, revolutionary best-in-class combat mechanics, mm -hmm. and uh, average stories. <laughs> I think Chrono Cross or Chrono Triggers is more interesting than Octopath. I can mm -hmm. barely... Octopath didn't even... Well, I, mean, I know it does ultimately have one main story, but it barely, it barely has that. I'm going to be on the... A Chrono Trigger podcast for the Cartridge Club Prime, so I don't want to say nice. too much. This is a taste. Yeah, I would make the argument that Chrono Trigger puts more emphasis on the overall story and forces you to dig for extra uh, character development side stories, mm -hmm. whereas Octopath focuses on character development as the main thing, and then you okay. have to dig to find the overarching story. I can see that. So they're sort of like mirror images of each other. And yeah. personally, I prefer character development and growth to the big stories. It's, it's a real highlight for me. I like when my character is goes through a a trial or is a different person at the end than they were at the beginning, like Cecil, Final Fantasy IV, mm -hmm. um, or supposedly Luke von Fabra from Tales of the Abyss, although he doesn't actually change. <laughs> he just stays annoying the whole time. But uh, uh, that is uh, so that's what what I enjoy more. So I tend to lean more towards games that have really deep character development like Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem is great. Lots of character there. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, look, Sean, you're you have uh, two shows, three shows kind of. You, you can't play favorites. And if you're going to play favorites, it has to be on the show. So for sure. Just just be aware of that, Sean. Have you heard our new show, Game Buzz? I haven't yet, actually. Buzz Buzz. Yeah, Tell me buzz about buzz. it. Why don't you give us a demo of it? So Game Buzz is a weekly 30-minute uh, news show, basically, with my brother and I. We cover the hottest news topics yeah. um, with only the hottest of takes. 
Great. And we intentionally get one of the stories completely wrong. Uh, oh, really? Every episode. Yeah. And so far, no one has caught any of that. So oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm going to listen. I just yeah, it's happened yet. Yeah. We also do two really fun segments that I enjoy. Uh, at the beginning, we do an icebreaker called First Five, where somebody shoots us a topic um, and then we give it to the other. So I would tell Mark the topic and he has to come up with his first five things that come to his mind or vice versa. You and your gimmicks are great. Yeah. And then our closing gimmick um, yes. segment yes. I is love that. Called, <laughs> called The Countdown. And it's uh, it's a, a popular trivia style where there's 10 clues. Mm-hmm. And each if you get the answer on the 10th, on the first clue, you get 10 points. Each clue after that, you lose a point to one. And uh, we try and get the other person to guess games. So Mark is really good at it. Oh, nice. And I am trying to present more of an everyman aspect and give the listeners a chance <laughs> to guess it right. So I've been I've been letting my answers go longer uh, before because I'm nice. What a good guy, Not man. because I don't. What a, what a, what a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right now, the score is after three weeks, Mark's gone twice. I've gone once. The score is 16 to one for Mark. Man, you're really, uh, you, you really don't know game theory well, I guess is what I, I just want the listener to have an opportunity to play along. I'm not, I'm, I'm more worried about them having a good time than I am about showing off my yeah. games trivia knowledge. I don't believe you. I think that your brother's just better at it than you are. That's also possible. <laughs> yeah. So right now you can get it on Google Play Store, uh, yeah. Spotify, or yeah. TuneIn oh, Radio. I'll check yep. And if you're not familiar with TuneIn Radio, you could that's your device that uh, that's the, the program that your Alexa device uses. So if you're at home, you could say, hey, Alexa, play the latest Game Buzz and she'll pull it up for you. Damn. Look yeah. it up. Game and Buzz we're waiting for approval for iTunes. I don't see it. Sorry? I feel I feel lied to. I found it. Cool. <laughs> All right, cool. Now, now there's a higher chance of me listening to it sooner than later. Since it's nice. on a thing I use to listen to podcasts. And it's only half an hour, right? So you can, like, nice. most yeah. people can squeeze that in on their, their commute to work. Or or um, squeeze it in while squeezing out. That's right. Yeah. That's how Travis from Polycom <laughs> listens. Yeah. He actually, uh, he saves them up two episodes at a time <laughs> so that he can listen to them. In one. <laughs> what, give me your favorite piece of news uh, from the last, from the, from recent. From episode yeah. three? Sure, whatever. Just just because I don't have a lot of new stuff, so I need you to really need you to. Uh, so from the show. Well, I have a piece of news that's going to be on this week's show coming up. So it's yeah. a preview. Good to it. And it is that Microsoft has filed the patent for its own handheld gaming device. Whoa! That, uh, is two controllers that attach on either side of your cell phone, you making your cell phone the the game screen, and it looks very much uh, like another gaming system that has two <laughs> controllers that attach on either side of a screen. Cool. Sounds like it'll yeah. be really popular and hip then. I think it's just a patent, and I'm not sure. It doesn't look very form functional. Yeah. Uh, the images I've seen, it looks kind of bulky. But I do think the idea is great, and the way more ways we can get games in people's hands, the better. It's, it's really what it comes down to. You know, that's true. You want more people to play games. Yeah. I know I do. I really just want Game Pass on the Switch. So if we can make that happen. <laughs> I would like uh, Netflix on the Switch. That make me my life nice. Yeah, I am not that person. I, I have all of I have so many other devices to watch Netflix on. I don't want it on my my gaming consoles. I want it on my gaming consoles because I don't have I don't use other things to watch. Uh, I know things on. What's taking so long? Yeah, really. What's the conspiracy? Yeah, there's actually 
there is um, a refrigerator, I think, or is it a car? It's a car. So there's a car that's coming out that has the Netflix built into the car. Amazing. So an automobile will have Netflix on it before the Switch does. Before the Switch. People still yeah. use their Wii U to watch Netflix and they can't even put it on the fucking Switch. Yeah. See, I, I have a smart TV. I have my iPad, my iPhone, and my iMac, obviously. I have all of these avenues that I can use to watch Netflix. I don't need to put it through my gaming system. So do you guys just not have smart TVs or Amazon Fire Sticks or anything like that? You know, I do have both of those things, but I don't. So then why do you want it on your Switch? I don't, I don't know how to hook my, I don't know how to use my smart TV smart functions. I've never tried. I don't care to. It's different. Uh, I don't like change. So I use my PS4. I mean, mine literally has a button on the remote that says Netflix. Oh, uh, mine does probably doesn't have that. <laughs> It's like two years old, so you just push the button that says Netflix, and it turns I, on. I Netflix. don't want to sign into an another location, and I can just use my Switch. But you'd have to sign in there. Yeah, but I always use my Switch. Anyways, no, you're right. That's a good point. It's a good counterpoint. I don't like it. I want it on my Switch. You know what? Sometimes I take my Switch up, I go to bed, and in my bedroom for like a half hour before I go to sleep. I like to watch stuff. Usually, I use YouTube, but Netflix, man, I could squeeze in another show in there. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying don't put it on there. It should definitely be on there. You I just want to make sure that I have the option to not add it to my UI because I like that my Switch home screen is just games. Hey, let's, That's let's my, some, my favorite feature. Let's do something fun. Let's do something fun here. What? Okay. Uh, maybe. Well, what I, might I be fun? We I might be the only. No, we weren't. That was, that was shit. Now it's going to get real. What's the guilty pleasure you like watching on Netflix? Because I, I actually Ooh. have one ready. <laughs> it's almost embarrassing to say, but I'm going to own it. I think it's great, but uh, I, I, I'll save that reveal. What do you? What do you guys? You guys I, I don't have a guilty pleasure for Netflix because I'm not ashamed of anything I watch on Netflix. Okay, I don't watch a ton of it, but I do have a sort of guilty pleasure. I don't even have a guilty pleasure because I'm not ashamed of it. I have a like a, a hidden pleasure, a secret pleasure okay. on YouTube that I watch. What's that? Um, is it? I Logan watch Paul? a lot. Is it who? No, I don't know what that is. The Paul Brothers. <laughs> no, no clue. Okay. Um, you're a good person. I watch a lot of Seth Meyers' uh, late night show. Okay. But I also that's mainly what I watch on YouTube. But I also watch a lot of like how to build things out of wood. There's two YouTube channels that I watch a lot of. One yeah. of them is Third Coast uh, Wood Woodcrafting, I think it is. And uh, I I watch all these how to videos and secretly wish I could do them. None of those are embarrassing. No, I don't have anything. Yeah. I mean, I, I watch uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, but that's not embarrassing. That's either. an amazing show. That's not embarrassing. Yeah, it's fantastic. Let's talk about the movie. There's a movie. <laughs> yeah, go watch that. <laughs> no, no, thanks. Sage, you have what you got? Anything weird that you watch on YouTube? Uh, Any, anyway, it's in general now at this point. I, I, I would say Netflix at first, but just in general. My wife likes to watch um, RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, that's very popular. Sashay away. So I watch it with her. I guess I like I wouldn't put it on myself, but I do enjoy it when when it's on. Um, and on YouTube, I guess I watch a very large amount of videos regarding you know in, any kind of vlogger in Japan. People mm -hmm. just showing up stuff in Japan. I I I don't know why. I just keep watching them. I, I find them interesting. Probably because you're a weeb. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's good language practice actually. To be honest with you, it's I think it's a good thing that you're watching those. What's a weeb? You say what's a weeb? You're cute. That's funny. Uh, Weebs is someone who's super, super, super into like Japanese culture and anime and stuff, but like to the detriment of their own country and stuff. It's like uh, anime is the best 
nothing else matters is good western animation is you know just like a super nerd for uh japanese stuff and usually right. with a whole bunch of ignorance involved not actually knowing anything about anything okay uh, i watched the shira i started watching shira on netflix i don't know if that counts as guilty pleasure i stopped though because i wasn't enjoying it all right you guys ready for a real guilty pleasure yeah this is almost embarrassing but i do kind of love it so i don't even feel that bad but i've been watching gossip girl on netflix and i kind of love the show what is it about i don't yeah. know what that is well <laughs> it's about it's about okay here here <laughs> Here it is. So it's a show that came out, I think, in 2007 or something like that. And when it came out, I dismissed it as trash, and rightfully so. Um, I guess I've changed as a person. But it's Upper East Side people in New York. Kids, I say in quotes, because they're all played by clear adults, but they're in quote-unquote high school. Uh, rich people stabbing each other in the back, being rich and shitty to each other. Uh, all under the pretense of this girl, this secret person that no one knows named Gossip Girl, who blogs about it. And uh, that's the premise of the show. It's so bad, but I love it. It's great. You can make a good visual novel out of Gossip Girl. All the past you could, all the rich people you could be dating, the Upper East Siders. Oh, any Gossip Girl fans? Out there? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. My, my partner makes fun of me because she she doesn't particularly like the show. Uh, so a little bit of it, uh, you know, these are outdated, uh, you know, gender roles, but. In 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 that spirit, this would be what would some would have called a a swap roles. I'm watching a show that would have been marketed towards her probably, but instead I enjoy it. Yeah, guilty. I watch uh, I watch like cute animal videos. Does that count as guilty pleasure? Nah, cute animals are adorable. Who doesn't love those? Like I watch a lot of them. If you said Full House, that would be a guilty pleasure. No. And you guys watch Sorry. Full House. Yeah, so. Here's another one that I actually still kind of like, but th- but this is not completely fair because it's nostalgic. But I I like the Boy Meets World a lot. Growing up, oh dude, Boy Meets World was great. I still I haven't said I can't say I still watch it, but I have uh, actually threw an episode on like I think a month ago for the for laughs. Um, I may have been uh, under legal influence at the time though. So I was a, I was such a big fan of that show because his best friend's name was Sean. And Sean uh, was kind of like a bad kid. So, like, I, I sort of secretly wanted to be more like him. It's kind of a funny show, honestly. I won't say it fully holds up, but it's still. It's still they did funny. a like a, a, a continuation. Girl yeah, Meets Girl World, Meets World. Was his yeah. daughter. Yeah, I didn't really watch any of that, but I don't know. I don't know if it was any good or not. Yeah, I didn't see any either. Sean Hunter shows up in that show, though, I think. I think there's cameos yeah. for most of them. Yeah. Anyways, so we can cut that whole segment out. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. Perfect. Some, that's, there's going to be other funny. Gossip Girl fans that want to hear Nobody, how much you love Gossip Girl. No one on our uh, who listens to us. Uh, I'm going to tweet it right now and I'm going to say, are there any other massive Gossip Girl fans out here other than Bonus Bell? <laughs> okay. Look, <laughs> Gossip Girl, it's not, I can't say it's a good show. I just enjoy the show. What that? What if that changes your opinion about me, people out there? Then I apologize, but I can't imagine it's surprising. Nope. <laughs> I watched uh, the boys. Oh, that's good. How was it? Or in, in between the last show? Yeah, that was really it's good. Really good. It's on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. Video, and it's about uh, superheroes mm-hmm. who are in real life and how they might actually act in real life, and they are dicks. Nice. <laughs> I've been watching The yeah. Purge on Amazon for the laughs. Oh, I really liked that. I watched I, that while I was deployed. 
I ironically like it because the Purge movies are terrible, but uh, oh, I, I like the movies too. Really? Like, like, like them or like, or they're funny? Well, well I, I enjoyed the first. I thought the second one was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I've seen the third one. They are ridiculous. I love them though. Like, I, I think that they're fantastic. I like the idea behind it. It would never like work. It's so stupid. Yeah, of course, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Long for. But I mean, there's lots of movies that would never work. We're never going to have. We're never going to give up our weapons to design giant robots to fight each other to decide the fate of the world. Fuck, that would be sweet. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's not going to happen. Well, not yet. We don't have the technology. And, you know, and if we designed giant robots to fight anything, why would we design them with with some weird requirement that two people have some psychic connection before they can totally operate it? Why not just make it so one person could operate it? I think it's because they need. They, because uh, the system. I think it's because they needed a plot hook. I think it's because. Well, maybe. But there's there's lots of weird things in in reality that. Uh, I, yeah, I got nothing. I can't. I can't even finish that. I know there's stuff that doesn't make sense. Like the sentence. Still a sentence though. <laughs> nothing. Wow. Fuck you guys. Whatever, man. I don't care. Well. Wow. I don't care. I don't even care. You know, I should just stop this episode right now. Go watch some Gossip Girl. Just throw up some Gossip Girl. See what Serena uh, Vanderwoodson's up to. <laughs> I watched Dear White People. Is that a guilty pleasure? I don't know. I've never seen it. Yeah, what is it about? It's a Netflix show about a Ivy League school and the black community there and how they're mistreated uh, or real. perceived mistreatment by the white community there. And uh, it's sort of like a discussion on race in America, but in a Fictional setting. Oh, sounds like a real thing and not something that you would mock. Well, I mean, yeah, it's well, no, no, there's no like. Yeah, I'm not going to make any jokes about I hate anyway. No, there's uh, a <laughs> I was I was going to make jokes about America and then I don't want to because yeah. I don't want to. It's good. We have a lot of American listeners, so they don't need to be. <laughs> well, maybe your your show does. I don't know if. <laughs> Oh, I guess my 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 uh, our fan base, which would be mostly Sundary J and uh, BBQ Crew, they're both Americans, and I know that they listen to all these. So, I, yeah, I guess you're yeah. right. Hey guys, don't listen to the P one. He's a sometimes he's a, it's kind of a bad person, but you guys should indeed hop on and watch some Gossip Girl. And let me know what you think. <laughs> don't listen to P one. Let's go full in. Let's go full in. I'm gonna I'm just gonna own it. Full full on uh, GG fan. BB How many GG. seasons are there in Gossip Girl? Six. And six seasons? Hour long episodes or half hour about long About 45 minutes long. So full and how many episodes full, per season? Uh, 20. 22. Yes, my 20. Friend. Yeah. Good for binging. Right. Good if you're deployed. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> you could get all your, 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 your army mates to come together and watch Gossip Girl together. Yeah, I don't have any army friends because I'm in the Navy. But uh, the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You could get yes. all your uh, all your coloring book friends to come help you draw video games. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Same thing, right? That's a, yeah, exactly. Anybody, any yeah. we just get. You're basically those, Bob Ross, aren't you? You know how the adult coloring books are very popular. Yes. Well, at the artist game artist union, we get together because we're like, this is a big threat on our job. If they find out anybody can color in inside the lines, we will lose our work. <laughs> so. We had to put a kibosh that bad. That's why you don't hear about it as much now. Shut it down. Yeah, well, I can't risk my job just because people want to fucking color and have some 
some relaxation time and feel like they can grab a little bit of their childhood so they can push away the the humdrum of their regular oppressing life. If you didn't design art for video games, what would you design art for for a career? Like if I wanted to, like are you asking what I could do or what I'd want to do? Well, let's do what you want to do because I guess I could do anything because I'm the best. But uh, (laughs) no, I'd like to do uh, my my backup job or dream job or retirement job is to do art for like Wizards of the Coast. So Magic the Gathering. Oh, very cool. Stuff. Yeah, I'd like to do that. You know what? I could see those sort of inspirations in some of the stuff you post. Yeah, I could see. I could see how you'd see that for sure. I love that stuff. That's uh, that's. What about you, Stagey? If you weren't uh, programming for video games, if you weren't designing video games, molding young minds and inspiring generations to come, what would you use your your gift of coding for? Hmm. I would like to do that thing that you described <laughs> because I don't think that's what I do. <laughs> would you like to try designing for video games? It sounds pretty fun, right? No, I'm 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 very happy with, with working in games. I would, and this is something that I've I've tried before, and and I sort of, in a way, I I succeeded, and in, in another way, I failed, um, because. Yes, video games, you can make them and, and release them and, and, and all that. But if you don't make like much money, then it doesn't become you know, something that is sustainable. So if that wasn't an issue, I would make just games for fun. <laughs> mm. um, but I enjoy making games. But is there any kind of programming or coding outside of gaming that would interest you? Like Lockheed Martin, Defense Industry, or... But you're a designer, like are you more a designer than you are a coder? I, my background is in programming. Oh, so programming is basically you, you you build something, right? Right. If you're talking about construction, a programmer would be any, anything that had to do with actually making the physical building. And a designer would be more like an architect, right? They don't make the building, but they know pretty much everything about it, right? Gotcha. That would be kind yeah. of like the main difference, to, to put it very, very simply. Mm-hmm. So okay. I write documents. That's what I do for... For work, I, I write a lot of documents. So you started as a programmer and you have shifted into designing. That is correct. Okay. I do write a lot of tools because I can. Because um, mm-hmm. designers, sometimes they have a lot of work that needs repetition. But if you know programming and you have a repetitive task, what you do is you write something that does it for you, right? Which is very, very hard. Sometimes it's not worth it. But Do you think your the background and your uh, your foundation as a programmer helped make you a better designer because you have a, a better understanding of what can and can't be done. Also, I'll put it like this: I don't know any designer that started as an actual designer. Like you go to school and you study design. I I'm pretty sure they exist, but I haven't personally met them. They almost always come from some other area of either within game development or some other areas that have to do with production or project management could be testers could be artists could be people that were writers like actually yeah. you know they, they would used to like write dialogues or or story outlines um what else i it, it's been all over the place i i've met other people that have a technical background also and so everybody brings something different to the table right some people are economists um statisticians right. mathematicians physicists you know Stuff like that, and and when you're sitting on the table, you notice it, right? So everybody comes with a different sort of background. 
in mobile is very is very data oriented. So there's a lot of data scientists there that um, do bring something different to the table. And what I do, I bring a lot of you know uh, system design flexibility, data structures, you know stuff that that would make a feature very flexible and and um, it could take various forms in a live environment. So I don't know if that all of that is making any very sense, cool. but uh, yeah, it's not very interesting. You're wrong. It is super interesting. But I'm talking about so don't don't imagine I'm making like a triple A you know single player experience RPG. I'm talking about you know making a mobile game, right? Free to play mobile game. But here's the thing: your free to play mobile game to somebody is just as exciting and just as much fun as a triple A mobile game or a triple A uh, first party title from from other company. That's games as a whole don't like it's not like triple a is the, the top tier for everyone people like different things across the spectrum and for somebody who is almost strictly a mobile gamer your games could be the equivalent of a breath of the wild to them you know what i mean it's the same thing in music a small indie band who only plays local bars might mean as much to some somebody to a to a local fan as the rolling stones mean to somebody who's been following them for their whole career so don't sell yourself short on that i mean it, it might not be you might not be making you know super mario odyssey 2 which isn't a thing but it could be um, but what your what the games you make definitely have that kind of impact on somebody. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I know you're you're trying to be very very nice, but it, it it is a fact of life that people consider you know mobile games to be a different kind of game. It's it's something that you play in in small bursts, and and we know that there's a lot of users there that are very engaged and they're very vocal and and they, they do exist. But you know for 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 most people. And, and Rob does say it very often. You know, mobile games is what people play in the bathroom. First of all, I put my switch in the bathroom too, so that doesn't that doesn't mean anything anymore. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I also work in mobile games. I do think they're different, though. I think I think they're treated differently. I think that they are made differently. Different expectations. I don't think they're less lesser form of entertainment. People clearly love mobile games. They make a lot of money. People seem to be really engaged with them. So I think Sean and I think Sean is right to some extent to some people because some people would never play Breath of the Wild. So to them, right. Breath of the Wild sucks and they would rather play Angry Birds. And that's fine. And I'm glad they have that option to do so. I play some mobile games and uh, I, enjoy, I enjoy them. But like I had a conversation. I, I had, let me just introduce this. I had a conversation yeah. with someone recently and this is, might be something we've had on the show before too, but it's been a while so we can rehash it. But um, like, would you pay eighty dollars for a mobile game? Because I, I wouldn't, and I was ta- and and uh, I and I, ne- I never can think of exactly. I can never pinpoint what the right price point is or why I would be unwilling. But like to me, it, it's a it's a it's a strange thing. But there's there is a perceived uh, lesser value I find. Yet ironically enough, people wind up paying way more than eighty dollars in mm-hmm. some of these games over time, which is you know a different thing altogether. I use my mom as an example, uh, and I wouldn't pay $80 for a mobile game either. I think 10 is my sweet spot. I mean, yeah, anything under 10 is an almost guaranteed, you know, like, yeah, I'll, I'll try that. Ten, if, up to $10 is like, oh, I'll consider it. Let's give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, above 10, I start thinking about it. But I have a similar mentality to indie games on my Switch. Yeah, but uh, my mom yeah. is the example. She she grew up playing games with Mark and I. We played NES, SNES, all the way up through to, to PS2 and Wii. And right now we live in a house where today there's two switches here, mine and my daughter's. And my mom, instead of playing Mario Party on Switch, is I guarantee right now sitting there with her iPad playing. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's like Animal Crossing, but it's not Animal Crossing. You live on an island and you got to collect stuff. Sounds anyway, like Animal Crossing for mobile. 
Yeah, it does. But it's not Animal Crossing. It's a game. I can't remember the name of it. Mark will be able to tweet it because Megan plays it too. Okay. Um, but she plays this game every day. She comes. She plays it at work on her lunch. She plays yeah. it when she comes home from work. And this game is like her biggest source of entertainment. And she used awesome. to do this with Farmville, which is a similar style game. So I can't imagine she's the only person out there like this. No. So, you know, not. and you're right. They are viewed differently from console games. Mobile games are viewed differently. But I think they are every bit as important and influential. Sure. I and agree. there are double the mobile game users than there are console users. Like, yeah. Mark made the comment actually on the last episode of Game Buzz that anybody who plays games at all owns a phone and probably has played a mobile game. Yeah, I think you're right. To that point, um, I think it was last year or the previous year, very recently, that at least 51%, meaning the majority of the video game revenue worldwide came from mobile. So that tells you a lot, right? Yeah. Hmm. What it means is that additionally, it generates a lot of jobs and Jobs in the in the mobile game industry are really good jobs because, like for example, if you're making a game, this is how I, I've never I've, I've never been outside of of mobile, but I I have I have been in games before free to play, right? Mm-hmm. So you have a period of time where you're making the game, and then when you're when you're done with the game, you're done with your job, right? It's yes, the the, the game is done. So either there's a new project or just stop working there. So that is not super sustainable for most companies because most companies don't make really good games, right? If you are in a company that makes really good games back to back to back to back to back, so you have a good, you, you, you have a job for longer. In mobile though, you spend a long time making the game. Then when you release it, that really is just the start of the actual game <laughs> because yeah. now you have to maintain a community, generate content and keep release. So it maintains the whole development team and, and usually it grows over time if, yeah. if the project is, is successful. So if for us, it's they're really good jobs, right? Yep. Earlier this week, I had a conversation with someone on, on, our, uh, on the Discord Cartridge Club channel and someone was making some argument and as a byproduct of that, they said something about games being art. And then I was thinking, why is it important? Not a debate on whether games are art but why is it important for people that games are considered art? Like, what 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 did you guys take on that? Mm. I mean, it's certainly an, I don't know. It's art for, but well, from an art artist traditional artist perspective, a ton of art goes into these games: concept art, illustrations, marketing, the actual creation of assets. Literal, what you think of as art is a part of the process of of making the game. Same thing applies to TV shows too, right? Television shows often have storyboards, concepts, and all that. So, I mean, it's an art form at any rate. I don't know. I see them as as, an, as a form of art. But, uh, yeah, I'm a little biased because I'm literally an artist. What about, what about you, Sean? I, I see them as art. I feel like... See, when I think of art, I know that in the grand, the grand sense of it is everything. You know, music is art. Movies are art. Uh, paintings, sketches. What uh, is art? like dancing is all yeah. art this is all art but when i hear art i think of something uh i think of like paintings or things that go in a museum or things that are outside of the traditional experience you would get from it so i don't, I don't consider all movies to be art i looked it personally. up oh good do you want to <laughs> want the official dictionary yeah, yeah. all right so yeah, art the expression or application of human creative skill and imagination typically in a visual form such as a painting or sculpture 
producing works to be appreciated primarily for their beauty or emotional power. And two, the various branches of creative activity, such as painting, music, literature, and dance. Uh, I don't see anything about playing video games in there, so I guess... Well, uh, you said uh, the beautiful... Oh, that's true. A beautiful experience or emotional experience. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So you, you can have a game like fucking Pong, which if you look at it from a visual perspective, it's not very artsy. And then you look at something like, uh, let's pull a little more obscure game. Uh, what's the fucking game I'm thinking of? It's um, shit. Shit. It's for PS1. It's a beautiful watercolor painting. Uh, it's the second one in the series. Come on, Sean. Help me out here, buddy. Power up of the rapper. Saga 2. 2. So it's, it. I'm pretty, pretty sure it's Saga 2. Romancing uh, Saga? No, no. Just uh, it's Saga square, Frontier. square game. It's called Saga. And I think it's a Saga. I think it's a Saga, right? Fuck saga me. Genesis? One second. Looking it up, Saga PS1. Saga Frontier, you're right. Saga Frontier 2 looks like an insane watercolor painting. It's beautiful. I, I love the way this game looks. And uh, I would say, at the very least, their backgrounds and character sprites are art. So how do you, how do you how does that not qualify as art, I guess? Because you have to... Our, our games are so visual that there's a component like of art. When I think of a game like Gone Home... Um... Or Edith Finch, I think of those as art because it, right. it elicits an emotional experience and it is not your typical game. I think the, um, I don't want to use the term walking simulator because I know that's offensive to some people. <laughs> the narrative experience games mm-hmm. uh, are uh, more more closely aligned to being art than you know, a run and gun or a, a first person shooter for me because mm-hmm. they do draw an emotion out of you typically yeah if i look at I metal for, metal slug i think of that as being way more artistic than one of the walking sim- but but again, yeah well, and then only that from is, a visual gorgeous. perspective There's so much going on there so yeah. really i think the only answer is they're all art yeah, it's okay. just, yeah. Well, what i'm asking is is why do people discuss this topic so much like why is it important that games are considered art or not art seems like an elevation of something there's something you yeah, make and if something's artistic then you feel like this has more weight or more value or more errors Elicits an emotional response. Uh, I think that's what why people care as much. Because if it's if it's not art, if it's just video games, it's just, it's just a it's child's manufactured, toy. Manufactured, uh, you know, whatever. It's like a pamphlet as opposed to. But a if great it's novel. art, then I'm not just playing a child's toy. I'm right. Experiencing a thing. I'm yeah. contributing to society's culture. I'm contributing. You know, I, I'm, I'm engaging. With a lot history. of. Yeah, a lot of justifiable weight is given to art and artists. Art and artists are probably the best things in this world. I think that our world <laughs> would be a, a shitty, pathetic, <laughs> just soulless place if it weren't for artists. Artists are the great beacon of happiness, I think. I mean, really a lot of us have depression, it, but you know, whatever. But artistry is is in so many in so many different spots and I'm going to Leave a small pause here so you can cut this out in case it comes off as weird when I say it. Okay. But um, 1939, Nazi Germany, the Nazi uniforms were designed by Hugo Boss, who is a world-renowned uh, clothing designer now. Mm-hmm. But he designed them in such a way that the just the image of them, just the sight of those uniforms would strike a feeling inside people. And in most people, that feeling was fear. But yeah. in some people, that feeling was, you know, I'm safe, I'm protected. And it, it, it had the same different, it had different reactions from people based on their point of view, but they are still to this day, some of the most iconic and most 
I don't know if iconic is the right word, most recognizable, easily recognizable uh, military uniforms on the planet. And it's it was designed by an artist. And it was, I think, one of the first times uh, that they went to an actual clothing designer to have uniforms designed as opposed to um, how they normally get them. Yeah. Anyway, it's, so I'm not saying it's art and that's not a, obviously I'm not. No, I get what you're saying. Like, proponent of, fashion design is an art. Even if it's used for evil, that doesn't mean that the yeah. thing isn't an art. Some is an art of some type, I think. So yes, artists are why the world is great. Yeah, we're the best. <laughs> to Rob's point, like we both contribute to the same end goal, right? But when yeah. I see Rob as an artist, right, and I when I see what he can create and put out there with just his hands, is beautiful. That's why I I yeah. I admire like true artists so much because it's it's just is as beautiful to watch them you know work and create the beauty as as the, the beauty they create right that that's incredible and i don't do that <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> at all like i don't have the, the the talent of or or the vision or that magical thing that like i know i contribute to some to some aspects of that in the very end, but it takes so long. Like it makes like it, it takes like two years that Rob could just sit down with just a pencil and a piece, piece of paper and create something beautiful. Like I can't, right? And that is a, a very important component to me. Super Mario Bros. isn't isn't a magical experience because the sprites are gorgeous. It's because of the gameplay. All right, I got I got a funny thing and a, and, a, and an agreement. So of course, games without all the components that makes a great piece of art that you can consider them you need all all of them can't just be good art like a good looking game is right. enough isn't enough for sure just like a uh, uh sometimes even well actually i would give more more weight to design and programming than art in some cases you know i prefer alone. yeah like i prefer a game that looks good honestly of course i do but uh and and a game that's really beautiful can help mask uh some of the shittier gameplay elements sometimes but in general i want to play a more fun game than i do a, a beautiful game but of course, the ideal is uh, is in both. But I think back to something kind of funny. So sometimes you'll have long meetings or reviews, like uh, they're called like sprint reviews and so forth, where they're where basically you're going through what people did over the sprint. And uh, I, I zone out until art's on the screen because it's really boring to listen to people list the bugs they've closed or the design documents they've updated. So this is just more of a, more of a humorous thing to uh, kind of Sage's point earlier. Like until it's, it's finished, they're not very exciting to look at. They're kind of super there there's and I, I, I don't care about technical documents uh but you, you bring up a piece of art in that screen you got my attention for a couple of minutes you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying sagey no offense buddy no no no. <laughs> that's what you're saying i know i, I think that's what i'm saying no yeah. <laughs> i think that people look down on gaming so much right even especially gamers i think especially gamers that they just want like a justification yeah that they're not playing with toys and that is so irresponsible because they don't care about art no they are trying to get the clout of art instead of like actually appreciating gaming for what it is and i think that's why people think they want other people you know maybe non-gamers to consider video games as art i think that's why it's important i do consider games as art or at least parts of it I, I i have pretty much the same opinion as rob like i i see game because maybe because i know how they're made like i see certain parts of games and certain games you know have different qualities and merits but this idea to 
to have some sort of a justification for what, you know, they like and just make it, you know, elevate it into something that is kind of like, oh, it's okay what I'm doing. It's fine because it's art. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> no, that's not the point, dude. It's like, just just drop it, you know. So yeah. while you're out there tweeting about, after you're done tweeting about Blair Waldorf's latest scheme to to bring down Dan Humphrey, <laughs> feel free to tweet us your opinions on gaming as an art form. What, where do you lie on the thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or jump over to the forums www.cartridgeclub.org yeah there uh, you where go. every episode of bonus barrel is quickly uh, has a thread started by sagey every week and where he is um the soul always uh, quick to respond to people when they leave comments uh due to the fact that rob is contractually obligated to not ever access the forums i have logged in once in the last month and i mm-hmm. responded to one person and that was a big was deal for yourself? me no, <laughs> I don't remember who it was too, though. <laughs> but Rob is super active on the Cartridge Club Discord, yeah. which you can also access uh, via yeah. the invite, which is available at the Cartridge Club Twitter at Cartridge Club NA, and you can go there and jump in the Discord, and you can inter- engage with Rob there, or you yeah. can go onto the forums and engage with Sage there. I'll be opening a Gossip Girl uh, channel on the Discord server, so feel free to, to jump in there. <laughs> it's going to be super. We'll active. talk about the merits of the show, how we can turn it into a game. Uh, maybe we can make a fan game of a dead show. That would be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. All right. Let's go to our topic because we are really we're we're pushing it as usual. But uh, you know, free free form show. It's this new addition to the show. He just won't stop yeah. gabbing about stuff. It's great. You you want to learn? Hey, this is. I think people appreciate hearing uh, game stuff, and it's so normal to Sagey and I that I assume that we don't even think that people. Yeah, I'm like Winston Zedmore, right? So in sure. the Ghostbusters, you had three scientists. Ah, yes. Um, Peter Venkman, yep. uh, Egon Spangler, and Ray, Ray Stance. And yes. they, these guys already knew everything that was going on. They had been working on it, designing it. So they were they knew everything. So if you had done a movie with just them, it would have been dull because there'd be no reason for them to give that exposition to the audience about what is happening. The right. giant Twinkie explanation, right? Right. So they brought him with Winston Zedmore, who didn't know the stuff, who could ask those questions, right. who they could explain it to. That's me. You're the cool, cool, you're the cool one. You know, not... I, yeah, sure. Who is your favorite ghost? But I'm here to ask those questions. Because honestly, I'm not kidding. Up until today, yeah. I thought Seiji was like in charge of the game <laughs> yeah. and gave out yeah. instructions to his teams. Right. And then they would come back like, here. <laughs> he would like throw them off his desk and be like, this is the worst programming I've ever seen. This is too costly in time. It's not efficient enough. Bring it back to me. You know, yeah. looking at art and tearing up pages like, no, do it again. That's who I thought Seiji was. Obviously, I didn't think he did any of those things, but that's the role I thought I thought he uh, he held in the in the game design. And now it turns out he's just another cog in the wheel. Another which cog. Makes me like him a little more. Yep, he is just like me, another cog in the wheel. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do think people find that stuff interesting because a lot of your listeners probably don't make video games. Probably not. Sundary J maybe, but I don't think anybody, and I don't know a lot of them. I mean, do we have any listeners who make games to send a tweet? Go into the forums, go to Discord. You get three options. Or do nothing. Four options. Because, because like in a lot of games, not picking an option is still an option. Because that timer That's will right. run out, and it's really disappointing whenever that happens. So, And your tea time ends in your own choice. <sighs> oh no, that's terrible. You don't want to fuck up a tea time. Alright, let's do our topic. Up next topic!
Uh, all right. So the today's topic is Goro Goa, a puzzle video game developed by Jason Roberts and published by Annapurna Interactive. And it's available on Windows, iOS, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. Single player game. Uh, and yeah, so this is Seiji's pick. Seiji, tell us about you get to lead the segment, buddy. Yeah, also on Android. And on Android, is good point. I don't think it's listed on the Wikipedia. It's not. It's <laughs> where it's read it from. And I played... Oh, no, it is. It is. Wait, it, it is. It just doesn't yeah. say the release date, right? I don't right. know. Anyway. Yeah, I was looking at release and not platform. I played it on Android, ironically enough. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know where to start, but I'm going to start here. Okay. So, Gurgoa is basically done by one guy. I think the music was done by some other guy. Joel Corley. The, the art and the programming is Jason Roberts. And this is like a guy that was working full-time on something else. And th- I, th- I think he enjoys, he enjoyed like drawing and making comics and he was trying to make a comic and he discovered that he had a lot more fun, you know, assembling like the panel structure <laughs> of the comic books. And then he was trying to do um, like a card game, I believe. So yeah. He went to tell some sort of a story or make some, some sort of a game with that thing he felt when he was making comic books. And, and arranging the panels and such and such. And uh, he discovered that what he wanted to do was uh, too complex. And then I think he also, he's also a gamer and he, he played some indie games that he liked and, and he thought, oh, this might be a good medium to tell the story that I want to, to tell and to do the kinds of things that I want to do, you know, with, with, with the puzzles that he wanted to construct. And so I, I don't think he knew any programming, but he learned programming and and he started making, you know, his own game engine. I think that initially, the first demo was made on an engine that he made, which is it was pretty incredible for someone that, that didn't have any game development experience. I think it took him like six years to complete this project. Anyway, the way I discovered it was last year because, you know, how at the end of the year, or the beginning of a new year, they put like awards in, in like Google Play. They put like games of the year or... Uh, most innovative game or most whatever game and I think this was listed as the most innovative game or something like that but it got some sort of an award it got featured in the store I looked at the at the name I look at the icon the art that was very different mm-hmm. uh, very interesting looking and um, it's cheap <laughs> it's gonna be cheaper and, and prettier than most games out there so that's that's important it's a puzzle game when you launch it, you immediately see the development story that I was telling, which is that it has a format as a, as a comic book, as an animated sort of, sort of a comic book. And in its core, it's a, it's a puzzle game in which you basically move stuff. I play with, with touchscreen. I don't know how it's played on, on the PlayStation 4, but I play, I use my finger. So you, you drag stuff. There's like a grid, two by two grid, some sort of a comic book format. And then you just are dragging stuff from position within the grid to another overlapping stuff zooming in and out of the pictures everything's very pretty it's a puzzle game so the idea i think in the end there's a really good story i want i want to get your guys opinion and what is your interpretation because the game has no language has no instructions no text or anything like that and you can just focus on solving the actual puzzles which are really really clever Mm -hmm. but there's also like a story component or it's almost like a spiritual kind of journey going on here um, the first time I played, I focused mostly on, on the on the puzzles. But once you, because you know, when you know a puzzle, then that's it, right? But if you play it again, there's a lot of added value, you know, because you played at a different pace and you can kind of like 
see the connections between you know the the chapters and i think the 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 overall concept or or goals from a gameplay perspective is basically it's an item collection game so you you need to collect i think five colored orbs or fruits or whatever and then that's it so it's pretty short um so what do you guys think about the gameplay uh i thought the gameplay was fantastic uh i don't know what the story is this game and maybe playing it again would would help clarify i was actually really curious about what this game was trying to tell me because i was more focused on you know doing the puzzles and playing through the game and looking at the art than i was about the story but i was curious about it because every once in a while the fuck's going on what's going on with this weird game uh so if you know what the story is i'd be interested to hear hear what it is before the episode is done uh or maybe we want to leave it unsaid i don't know but uh, the gameplay you know has a lot it's it's super clever and it's just zooming in and out in these panels and overlaying panels like sometimes you'll drag a piece off and it will be a frame for something else like it'll be a hole in your painting so then you get or in your panel rather so then you have to scroll another panel to try and find what fits the shape of that panel and it's so much like depth this every panel has a ton of depth because you're zooming in and out and around so they're each each panel is almost like little mini areas and sometimes they're connected sometimes they're not but you sometimes you'll be moving a character between frames it's it's hard to describe because it's visually very it's very appealing visually and if you look up some gifs of this or or gameplay you'll see it in, in motion but like yeah it's just like man it's weird it, it looks like one of those like childish um three panel game or a little puzzle game where you have one blank spot missing and you're sliding pieces around to try and finish mm. the puzzle so yeah. at a glance it looks like that but in reality each one of those panels is like a viewport into an environment an environment that you can pinch and zoom and and and, and tap your way around to try and to try and line these things up that's at least that's how i see it what are you sean what's your opinion on the gameplay uh it's frustrating you didn't seem very happy during uh your playthrough based on the commenting no. yeah i was not why did you hate it it's uh frustrating it's it's not i like puzzle games i guess it made me feel stupid maybe uh, i actually didn't feel like it was my fault that i couldn't figure out what to do because there were some situations where i knew what to do but i couldn't figure out how to make the panel do it um and yeah, I just, I didn't, and like you said, the controls are literally just tap the screen and it's zoom in, zoom out, or sometimes move a thing, but uh, I found it didn't, yeah, I just didn't like it. You didn't like it. <laughs> That's uh, great. No. <laughs> I think it's good that we have different opinions, right? To reflect, yeah. you know, those different takes on, on a game. Um, what about the, the art style? What do you guys thought of the art style? Go ahead, show it me. is gorgeous. It, it's yeah. beautiful. Like it, it's a fun-looking game. And if it had just been like a puzzle game, or I, I, I don't know. I mean, it is a puzzle game. If it hadn't been so... I found it extremely difficult. I didn't want to use a walkthrough. I didn't want to look anything up. Uh, with puzzle games, I like to figure them out on my own. Uh, like, my whole job at work is figuring out why things don't do what they're supposed to do. So I enjoy that troubleshooting aspect, that fault-finding, that, that trying to figure out a secret or a key. Uh, and I just felt like I didn't have the right tools to do this. So everything felt like I was stumbling around in the dark until I would I would come upon the solution. But the the images are are very good looking. They're very pretty. Some of them are super busy. 
which makes it a little more difficult to figure out what it is you're supposed to do. Um, but then as you zoom in on them, it's like, oh, that what looked super busy is actually another image inside of an image inside of an image. And, and that part a, is cool. A great example of that is there, there might be a tower and it has these like tassels hanging. And what you'll notice in another image is that if you zoom, the these books and these banners will line up exactly with that tower and actually complete the bottom of the tower or ladders and stuff. So it's actually really clever the way that some environments, if you don't, if you took it at first glance, you might just see a pile of books. But actually, if you look at it again with another piece of the puzzle, it's actually the side of a, of a building or something. And, and it's, it's really cool the way that those things add up. And it's kind of like, I don't know, it's not watercolor painting, but it reminds me a little bit of it. Everything's a little bit muted, uh, a little bit storybook uh, elements to it. it. just It's a really nice looking game. It has a really good handle on when to use color to bring contrast to help solve a lot of these puzzles. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful game. Uh, if you tap off the screen, the, I know I already told you guys this and maybe it's obvious to people, but just, it wasn't obvious to me because I didn't notice it until halfway through, but you'll get like, um, if you're stuck and you tap the screen, it'll usually bring up the direction that you could go in each panel or it'll pulse where you should tap. So you can get some hints. I did look up a walkthrough once, so I got completely stuck on something. I don't remember what part it was, and I couldn't figure it out. But after I, after that one, I, I didn't need to use one again. I literally just figured out a puzzle sitting here. <laughs> Good job. You did it. Uh, there's, there is music and sound of the game, but I actually didn't play it, with an, it on the whole time. Uh, the time that I did play it, though, it was quite nice. A little more ambient than otherwise, but I don't know. And like, I'm, sure, I'm sure my problems with it are just me um because when you do figure the puzzle out it's sort of like okay all right but no i don't even i don't no, i'm I'm i take that back because i don't (laughs) feel like oh i should have seen that i should have figured that out i just feel like all right let's move on to the next thing i I really do feel like the the reward isn't there that i get from other puzzle games i don't feel at the end of when i figure something out i don't feel like oh this is something i should have been able to figure out on my own i just feel like i just had to click and tap on the screen a million times until what was supposed to happen happened do you ever think that maybe you just don't like good things? Uh, I have considered that, yeah. Possible. It's hard to, there's really, it's like this game's so visual that it's hard to talk about in depth, I think, but it's just a really interesting, cheap, accessible, uh, heartfelt puzzle game. Because a person poured their their heart and soul into making this, you beat it, right, Rob? I did, yeah. And what about you, Sean? How far did you get? I just collected the blue apple. What number is that? So I think that's the third one I've gotten. Nice. Okay. I think it's the third or the fourth. You're doing good. You said there's five. There's five of them, yeah. Yeah. So I'm either it. I'm either sixty percent of the way through or eighty percent of the way through. What do you think story wise is happening? Oh, I couldn't tell you. I, uh, I am so this guy's dying. Withdrawn from that, that I'm frustrated now. Like you said, once you figure out the puzzles, um, I could maybe go back and play through again. And if it doesn't change, if it's just the same thing, then I could maybe focus more on what's happening. Uh, I, but it just seems like this this kid collecting fruit. But I, I don't think there's any like, like, right or wrong answers here. So I was I, I was more of a question like what what do you think it's is happening just that a kid is collecting fruit is that would that be how you would describe it to someone who hasn't played it? it it has a very somber feeling to me all of the other panels like the kid himself seems sort of 
glum as he collects this fruit. But all of the other panels to me, like there's one that I think was a war-torn building. There's one guy alone in a, in a room writing at night. It all seems very sad to me. Like there's a, a sorrow in the panels that I, I feel. Um, and I don't know if that's intentional or not. Maybe I'm way off. But it Maybe definitely it's... feels like it was written by somebody dealing with a loss or dealing with some sense of, of sadness. Maybe it's a story of an author and all the various worlds he dreams up. And sometimes they get mixed together. Right? Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. <laughs> Rob, you played it fully. So Gorogoa is the, is the name of the creature, right? What, what is your interpretation of, of that? Fuck, man, I don't know, dude. I, I don't know what the story of this thing is. I want to. I'm actually very interested. Uh... I mean, I don't think anything in this this game is actually happening. Like, I don't think this is a literal <laughs> adventure. So whatever's happening is it's got to be a metaphor. But I don't know for what. Mon mon growing up, maybe because you go through different ages and this. I don't know if it's the same person. I don't know what's going on. The game's trippy, man. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it is very trippy. So my interpretation of the game, and again, I don't think I got the right answer, but I, I think right, I this is a game that l lends itself to artistic interpretation so right, what is it <laughs> i think that you know when the game starts you start as a, as a boy as a young mm -hmm. boy and the city looks okay right looks like a like a place that is prosperous that is you know sunny it's i think it's an allegory for like good times like the, okay. like the good the good old days right right and i agree with with both of you that there is this sorrow there's this melancholy going on the game the, the game gets gloomy at some points but at some points again the game also gets um pretty bright and those moments when you actually unlock something it feels like a moment of enlightenment a little bit right and you actually figure out the puzzle you get the shiny thing it gets into your like like, like the vessel where you're collecting stuff those are the part that i think that moves the story forward um and i think that you know, in the end, when you uh, summon Gora Goa, when you get the five orbs, and you end up as an old man, I guess spoiler alert. I think at that point, you, you sort of realize that it's someone reminiscing through their life and finding some sort of meaning, right? Right. And I think this particular person in the story had a pretty rough life. I think they went to some sort of like an armed conflict, also like maybe a war or battles mm -hmm. happening in their in their town and um he's looking at at his life from uh, from when when things were great to when things weren't great and he has to spend some of his like um younger days when he was you know strong and and had a lot of potential you know struggling through the through pain and and difficulties of of war and a system not being stable for individuals and stuff like that and then now as an old man it seems like he has the time to reminisce about all these things but oh, he's old now mm. he, he's trying to find like a meaning to all of this and i think he finds it through remembering things and reinterpreting things in a different way and at the end he finds some sort of a how's it called epiphany yeah like an epiphany yes 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 and that's what you know he has the right elements and then he summons Gorogoa. And I think Gorogoa is an allegory for probably either death or enlightenment or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's better than mine. P1's uh, like, oh, no, he's dead. 
he's a kid. Yeah, he probably dies in the end. I don't know. Probably. But he dies happy, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Or 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 rather, you know, he found some sort of a new meaning to his life. I might be wrong about all of this. What is really cool yeah. about the journey is how you travel through those times, right? Because sometimes it's it's literally moving, like walking from one place to another. And sometimes you're going through these viewports, right? Through a painting or frames and you overlap things and you start, you know, moving into different, it, through space and time. But it, it feels pretty much how I remember things. Sometimes, like when I'm going through my memories, mm -hmm. sometimes I'll go from one point in time to a very different one. And the, the connection between those two is some, and like an object or an idea or something that, It's not super evident, but it, it transports you from, from from one place in your life experience to another. And that's how it felt when I was playing this game. It's like, oh, there's this, like a picture, you see it, and then you you relive, you can position yourself there, and you're like traveling through your memories. And that's kind of like why I, what I felt those puzzles were. I'll tell you what the real story is, if you want to know. Yeah. Okay. 1972, in an unmarked American base army base uh deep in the desert chuck codgers is hooked up to a machine and he is his basically he is going into the memories of, of anybody that the government uh aims him towards and he has to sift through all of their memories but every memory has a guardian beast that protects them from intruders that's what the gorogoa is that monster in the background is a defense mechanism for the memories he's trying to trying to get into and steal information from It's an exception adaptation. Oh, it's, deep. it's so deep. I like that too. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Sean, what do you think of my, of our great interpretations? I, oh, I like, I like yours. <laughs> I mean, Sage is good. Sage is probably closer to the truth. Probably. But, uh, Mine's more exciting like though. Yeah. Make it. It's good. You don't even know if you're still playing the game. That's part of it. Everything's a puzzle. Another puzzle yeah. is is creating a great segue to the end of an episode, and so we can summarize. What do you think? Uh, shall we slide our our pieces around and zoom in to get to damage? The bam. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, damage is a recommendation in the game. Gets a heart for each of the the people talking about it, and we're responsible for not damaging it which means we love the game and would recommend it to most people or or no damage or, or all damage rather meaning we likely meaning we hate the game but we certainly wouldn't recommend it and then everything in between uh and, and it's mostly recommendation but of course our biases of how we enjoy the game will affect our score but sometimes you'll get irrational things like this game is great but i wouldn't recommend anyone play it that can happen so i feel like i've explained it Uh, Sage's games that he should go last. Sean, why don't you go first since we talk more? Sure. I've also thought about it. Um, I'm going to adopt Boohoo's and Woohoo's. Nice. Because we're on the same show. I think That's we should we use the same format. Beautiful. Um, so Boohoo's and Woohoo's. You have to credit me every time, though. That's right. Yeah. So Boohoo's and Woohoo's credit, uh, Rob. Me. Yep. The, uh, the Boohoo's for me were the art style. The game itself is gorgeous. Uh, and the cost. It's, it was $6.99 Canadian on iOS which is a reasonable price. We mentioned earlier, my $10 mark is typically where I'll go for a, a mobile game. So this was under that. I was happy. Nice. Uh, my boohoos are the difficulty. 
and how I feel like a lot of the time I'm just tapping. Like, I don't feel like I'm unlocking anything or figuring anything out by tapping on the panels. I feel like I'm just tapping to see what the next panel is or see what the next zoom in is. And I don't feel like I'm actually making any progression or learning anything or figuring anything out. It's just I'm tapping until I see, okay, this is what I have to move, which feels sort of uh, um, redundant to me. Like it's a little, I don't know. Uh, so those are my really only things I had to say. And uh, I'm going to give it half damage. I personally, um, I wouldn't recommend it to everybody I know, but for anybody who is like a super big fan of puzzle games or who really likes uh, games with really nice art style, this is definitely worth it. And the cost is low enough that I feel like anybody could take could comfortably take the chance on it. You know, for $7, you spend more than that on uh, lunch at McDonald's. So I would say half damage. Nice. I think if you're a modern gamer who doesn't like to think and uh, put some effort into finishing your games, uh, then maybe this wouldn't be for you. Hmm. But if you're, you know, really clever and, and you're able to see within the image yeah. and also look up a guide and when you get stuck... Um, like <laughs> yeah, if you're super gamer. advanced and not afraid to cheat, then it's definitely <laughs> yeah, for you. Yeah, exactly. All right. My <laughs> woohoos is the art style, of course. Uh, the cleverness of the puzzles, that's also a woohoo. Um, the... Uh, Price is a good is it's definitely cheap so and it's, and it's availability although it's more expensive on things outside of the uh, phone which is that a big surprise we literally had this conversation like an hour ago and you know there's a, their case in point apparently it's worth more on other systems despite being the exact same game so <laughs> kind of weird anyways so uh yeah woohoo's a puzzle it makes you think it's fun those are all woohoo's a boohoo's is it, it can be a bit hard. I have to agree with Sean that it's sometimes frustratingly difficult, but you do feel pretty good once you figure it out or once you've, but then you don't feel good if you wind up looking it up. Like I did one and you didn't feel good. You felt like a cheat, you felt like a sad person who couldn't even, you know, blunder their way through these things. But once I got used to tapping for her clues, but even then I would still get stuck. And it's like a loop. You're really stuck in a loop because you're constantly zooming, looking for what is that thing I'm missing? Where is it? So it can be frustrating. Uh, and I wanted to give it three quarters. No, sorry, one quarters damage because I, I like the game quite a bit. And I think people should play it. But I, I might actually have to because if you don't like puzzle games and you don't give a shit about art or you just happen not to like this art style in general, uh, you're not going to like this game very much because because the, you know, the major the major points this game is the art and the and the complex puzzles. And if you hate both of those things, which I would wager half the people out there probably don't want to put the time into this. One third of our show didn't. So that's like already <laughs> not good. So I, I'm gonna give it half damage as well. But I like but I, I gotta say I like the game a lot. And I do think most gamers who people who play a lot of games should play. And people who shit on mobile games specifically, this is one that does no microtransactions. It's it works really well on the platform. It's pretty worth playing. So you know you could be like a like a like a hipster mobile gamer. Like uh, I only play the best mobile games, and Goro Goa is pretty good. That could be you. When I first played this game, I just couldn't believe what I was looking at. Couldn't believe what I was doing. Solving that first puzzle, I was like my mind was blown. It requires an enormous amount of effort, time luck to get something like this right it's not often that that you see something and it's so new and it's so clever 
that it makes you think this is new. This is something where you are able to just witness something that is so beautiful that lets you have such clear insights into someone else's mind, intention, and and sensitivities. I mean, personally, I'm just extremely happy that I'm having this conversation with you guys because, like, I played it and I just wanted to talk to someone about it and 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 that when I do feel that I, I try to push it into into the show so just so that I can have a conversation and hear someone else's opinion on it. And I think that, that we can all agree that it is a game that is, at the very least, is pretty and is innovative. And it has its problems, yeah, because different games puts different priorities forward, right? And this game is very unapologetic on what it's trying to do on that artistic side, on that expression of, of like, this is what the game is. You You can either, you know, you can like it you can hate it but it is what it is and you can see that it's pure and this is something that you often don't get from games that were made by by large teams right when you see this clear vision of something that is singular and it is the one thing and one thing only and i love it because that is a true artistic expression in my opinion the way Mm. i see things apart from that another thing that i admire in games is mechanics as a form of narrative and Yes, the mechanics in here are very, very simple, but they are completely in tune with my interpretation of what was going on narratively, right? This way of navigating the memories, very simple controls, but what was going on and what I was causing by overlapping this thing here and making this character move here, it it just felt it was in tune. It made me feel something while I was playing it. So, of course, I'm going to do... No damage, because I right. think it, it is my honest opinion that anybody should and could play this. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to experience something new. They might not like it, but they're going to experience right. something. Yeah, And that's that's what counts for me. That's, that's it. pretty fair. I like it. So two out of three. That's not bad. That's pretty good for us, actually. <laughs> two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, two out of three. Two, yeah. Too bad for you, uh, P1. Looks like you lost this round. That gave the same damage. I didn't lose. Yeah. Half damage lost... isn't a bad score. I didn't no, hate the game. It just kind of frustrating. No, I'm just kidding, of course. Uh, all right. Well, let's wrap this, this show up. Uh, if anybody favorite. lost, it's Gossip Girl fans who were hoping for more talk of Gossip Girl. Oh, well, guys, <laughs> if we get great feedback this week, I'll, I'll bring up some more Gossip Girl talk next episode. It's going to be it's gonna be great. Man, get Megan to come join. She loves Gossip Girl. <laughs> Yeah, uh, she's a big fan of the character Serena Vanderwoodson. Yeah, so... <laughs> uh, right, anyways, so great show. And please feel free how much you like. Not how much you dislike it, though. I don't want to hear any dissenting opinions. Uh, that doesn't help myself. So, uh, why don't you plug your show and cartridge, your other show and cartridge player if you want. Yeah, you can check out Game Buzz right now, today, on Google Play, yeah. um, Spotify, nice. and TuneIn Radio. Uh, and hopefully at the end of this week, you'll be able to get it on Stitcher and iTunes as well. Or sorry, Apple Podcasts. You got to uh, get it everywhere, game. right? Yeah, well, we already put the submissions in. We're just waiting for approval. You got to get out there and listen to um, Game Buzz, man. Buzz Buzz. Yeah, it's a good time. It's my brother and I. It's Buzz Buzz. We do a, uh, a weekly roundup of the hottest news and the spiciest takes. Nice. Well, you you represent Bonus Barrel now, so don't embarrass us on your other shows. It's a big I will, responsibility. I, don't do what I wouldn't do. Don't do anything I wouldn't I do. I promise... 
I can't promise that I'll try, but I promise that I'll try to try. That's good enough. That's more. That's pretty good. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the show. Uh, I am Rob. Chuck. Sagey. <laughs> 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 <laughs>